0: I I got talk
1: about my life as I see
2: it.: happy Monday, everybody. This is the Dream Team podcast. But more importantly, as a team, we are the fact center. What does society usually say about that? We're in a factory and making facts. We don't make stuff up. We base everything off of facts. And then we get our opinions and feelings and and just our thoughts overall in general on that. But join with me today. I'm Tony. Drea, you out there? Drea, long E, of course. Sai, where you at? Oh, man, we
1: here at the location, on location, factory of facts, (laughs) well wishes
2: and blessings, everyone. Hey, all right. It was a sunny weekend. It was a beautiful weekend, Hope. Both of y'all were able to get some stuff done. I I spent Sunday cleaning the house, spent some time driving around with the kids, but I had a lot of sports on my mind, and NBA just seemed front and center to me, and a lot of that action just kind of took place. I mean, high-scoring game still, excitement at the bubble, and it just seems like the rim just got bigger, right? It was like throwing a ball in the ocean. Shots were getting a little more wet. Guys are just getting fired up, and they're just on fire. And then we just had a little bit of extra side curricular activity, too. So seeing Draymond on TNT, that was fun. Watching and reading up on on some of the NFL news, and is this George Kittle contract going to get settled? Just overall in general, what's happening in sports? But I definitely want to dive back into the NBA because that's where the action is, and that's where everything's front and center. And that's what seems to be captivating my attention. So, Si, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick this out to you, NBA in general. I know there's a lot going on, but let's get into it.
1: Well, I'll say this. I don't know if, if the ball's got magnets and everybody, and that's why everybody's making mm-hmm. all these three-point shots, but it's been crazy. The scoring is crazy. Everybody's doing whatever they want on the floor, you know what I mean? And, and just the overall competition since the bubble, since the bubble restarted has been crazy and and right now we're getting to crunch town crunch crunch time uh last what three games left and seedings yeah. is getting is getting interesting you know what i mean i'm sorry tony but your 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 grizzlies man they're not looking good but at the same time anybody can can get in once this playoff game start you know what i mean but all in all nba it's took over if you you could tell from social media what the what the media is 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 showing on every damn sports network, all they're talking about is the NBA.
2: Yeah.
1: They they are they did what they wanted to do. They came with a plan, it's happening, the games are exciting, the teams are in it, and and, and what? In the two weeks we're about to hit the playoff, the, the playoff stretch, you know what I mean? It's a lot of action going on and what do you got? What else you guys got? What do you think? I
0: think for me, like this is, and I don't know, if because we've had this like big break, a, a lull of no sports, but I hope that the NBA like stays on this path or like continues to do what they're doing in the bubble and how fans are now experiencing the game, because I'm way more tapped into the NBA than I've ever been before. And again, that might be because we haven't had it in a few months. Um, but I will say too, in in the bubble, just looking at some of the individual players that are standing out, um, not even looking at MVP of the season, but just MVP of the, of the bubble, I think we would have to give that to T.J. Warren um, coming out of the Pacers. I mean, he's been absolutely killing it. And I think that whole thing of cash considerations that the Suns traded him for, I definitely feel that that made him feel some type of way because he's absolutely killing it in the bubble right now. I don't think anyone really predicted him to go off the way that he has been.
2: I'm, I'm going to go back to this side because I, I know Grizzlies fan, but I'm a Jaw fan. let's get it right. I, there's <laughs> something about, there's something about the guy that just captivates me, like the dog in him and um, like one of our first episodes that we did as a fact center. Um, and I'm going to go back and I'm just going to back it like the bad GM who's going to get fired and just stick with Ja. He'll be my franchise pick over Luka, over Tatum, and there, there's something about him. Uh, but he just he doesn't have a lot of help around him, and I, they're one in three. I'm kind of speechless. I was kind of looking into the bubble before this thing began. I'm like, oh, Grizzlies are going to make some noise. Jaws is going to go out there, guns a blazing, and just kill it. And then it just didn't look too good. They went one in three, and it looks like they're out of the playoff positioning right now. Um, hopefully, they still get a chance to play in the playing game. But this transitions me into Damian Lillard and just Dame bubble. Drea, you, you, uh, you had said this the other day, like, I love bubble Dame.
1: And I was yeah. just kind of thinking <laughs> the same
2: thing, like watching the game the other day, yesterday of how he just kind of went off oh, on the Clippers. Um, just a dog at him. Who's got the fight to look over at the bench, to look at Patrick Beverly, like, look, I want you out here. Come guard me. That was savage.
0: But I will say the funny thing. So I had message our slack when, Dame, when they had a shot of Dame going at the bench with Beverly and George saying, y'all need to be out here. I want y'all out here. I had sent that message right before he missed those two free throws. But if you look at the game against – who do they play today?
1: The Sixers.
0: If you look at the game against yeah. the Sixers, he went off. So I yeah. feel that like he missed the two free throws. He knew what was at stake. If he didn't perform, how if he didn't perform the way that he needed to perform today, oh George and, and Patrick would have been all in his comments talking mad noise to him, but he did what he needed to do.
1: And also to that, they needed this game because they got the Suns. Who, yeah. I'm going to split my award my bubble award if there wasn't a bubble if there was <laughs> I would I, I'm going to have to go with with half and half I'm going to have to go Booker and and, and Luca that's who I'm going to have to go if we're speaking five. about what they're doing in the bubble Booker and Luca are playing out of this world the Suns are 5 and 0 oh, since, since the bubble started and they're right behind Portland and they had to jump San Antonio. they had to jump mm-hmm. New Orleans. they had to jump um, almost Portland right now So from where they are from where they were to where they're at five games in a row, he's killing it. And again Luca and and Booker, I mean, look what they're doing. Dame's up there, don't get me wrong, Dame's up there, but he's he's been doing that forever. Him missing two free throws and then coming back and giving you fifty-one. That lets you know he takes this serious. And and calling out Paul George and um Patrick Beverly, who he sent, who he did the bye-bye to in two different seasons. <laughs> by yeah. making the last shot to send both of them home. I mean, he's right. he's done it. That that's what I mean by people who who do it in the playoffs, see? And that was yeah. the argument I was trying to make when I chose Tatum over Luka is that point right there. In the playoffs, it's a different atmosphere. It's a different world. You make your name, your legacy will get remembered what you do in the playoffs, not what you do in the season. So bubble wise it's 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 a tie. I got Booker and and uh, Luca for MVP of the bubble. Dame close. I give T.J. Warren some some traction because, you know what I mean. He's doing what he's doing and he got the the Pacers tied for the fourth seed, which is ridiculous. Just like Miami yeah. fourth seed with that team. I mean,
2: mm. crazy. Well
1: and
0: then one right. thing I wanted to say when it comes just looking just to kind of touch on the, the Eastern Conference, the 76ers are such a strange case to me. It's so weird just the different circumstances when it comes to injury that happens to them. They're right on the cusp of being the top play, being the top team. Simmons gets hurt. Today, Embiid yeah. gets hurt. And they're like, what they gonna do? after that so i don't know i feel bad for the 76ers it's been such a process i haven't heard MB say trust the process in a long time (laughs) so i don't even know if he's trusting the process anymore does he still believe in the process but the 76ers man it's it's very unfortunate circumstances that keep happening to them
2: all right, I'm gonna go back to the best of the, the best ability is availability, and the Sixers just haven't had it. Like, I don't know what it is—is is it their training staff? Um, is it their personnel on evaluating? But it ultimately does come down to just bad luck, and you just kind of feel for them a little bit. And they're a talented team. Like, they went through their process, and they let everybody know that process by putting even putting billboards up. And it's just so <laughs> unfortunate. Um, somebody that. Isn't getting a lot of love, and maybe maybe he could throw some podcasts, oh, our podcast some love, but I'm going to go out to Gary Trent Jr. That's right, Gary Trent Jr. Like, who the heck is Gary Trent Jr.? Well, he's lighting it up in the bubble, and he plays for the Portland Trailblazers. I'm just watching this game yesterday, and Gary Trent Jr., man, like, he was out there shooting like he was in practice. Um, linking that back to the 76ers kind of see what I did there. Um <laughs> But you know what? I I'm just floored at the end of it. Um, what you said a little bit earlier, Drea, about you know maybe just not having sports for a while. I'm fired up. Like this is great. It's entertaining to me. And on top of that, you can kind of just do what you have to do, chores, and just cleaning the house, and just have three games on back to back. And I think that's been great to have that as a background viewing for me, yeah. for one. But <laughs> just to like have something to be into, um, being a sports junkie. And I'm excited. They did this whole thing right, and it was definitely correct. Um, anything but one else, thing, the games just, that
0: we're playing right now in the bubble, these are just, like, scrimmage games still, right? These are not going towards
1: no, – are these no. still
0: games to get – or yeah. this is, like, regular season? Regular season. Now? Oh, okay, okay.
1: Every every game, count. Seeds. Every, yeah, every game counts. Yeah, every game counts since, since right. the – since the bubble started, every game count right now. This is regular I got to confused
0: because they've been playing so intense from the jump, whether it was scrimmage practice or what have you. Like, they've taken that energy all the way into it. But then another question is, can they sustain that? Like they haven't – LeBron just came out and saying, like, mm-hmm. he hasn't played in an empty gym since he can't remember how long. So, in the playoffs, when you need that energy, it's going to be interesting to see do they still maintain that energy going into when it really matters
2: it looks like it I mean I'm gonna go back all right I, and I don't fault LeBron for it this was a different time and this is before a lot of things shifted in our economy and just our daily lives but I I'm kind of going back to when he said uh, no fans I'm not playing in front of no fans and it's hey, I look. mean I <laughs> look times have changed like I get it like even before all this happened I was kind of with him like it'd be strange with no fans. Like I, but I get it times have shifted. Um, it. I actually wanted to get into something else and just uh, talking about, cause the Warriors aren't in there. Right. So we're taking our year off so we can rest those legs, our sea legs to get back in there to splash next year. Uh, that's what the splash brothers are doing. Uh, Draymond's working on his second career on TNT right now. Kind of digging that a little bit. Uh, I definitely want to talk about his comments about Devin Booker. His little tampering thing got got fined fifty k today. How do y'all feel about Draymond Green mouthing off? Our guy, Sai.
1: I like it. Well, he's he's on there for the for that reason right there. You know what I mean? He's going he's going speak his mind and say what he got to say. I don't think they I don't consider it tampering. He, he spoke the truth, you know what I mean. Devin Booker is is a is a star, top yeah. notch star. And and Dre was just saying he he hopes that uh the best years don't get wasted there. You know what yeah. I mean. And and it'd be different if you know he he said some other stuff, but I didn't take it as tampering. I like him on the show. He he brings yes. his classic Draymond Green you know, rants about what he dislikes and what he, uh, what he likes. He's kind of taken on the, the, the Chuck role. You know what I mean? It's funny was, to have Chuck, uh, in, Chuck, Chuck in him there, which makes good TV. So for rating wise, he's there for a reason. I don't consider it tampering. You know what I mean? He didn't cry. It's not like he got yeah. on the phone and cried and called and asked KD to come over. Right guys.
0: wait we not that's for a whole other podcast hold on
1: hold on i'm I'm just saying i i I was saying the difference of tampering that's all that's all i'm gonna highlight
0: what what the hampton five was not tampering okay
2: (laughs) but Sai, you did make a good point it is not tampering and i still how is that tampering it doesn't make any sense to me he stated some facts because we're on the fact center here He said some things that were true. He's in a bad situation. And he put his opinion in there. He did not go on live television to look at Devin Booker through the camera lens, like, come play with the Dubs. He did not do that in any way. He spoke the truth.
0: But at the same time, Draymond knows what he's doing. Like, he's almost like putting a little, like, feeler out there. And you know they're going to have some side conversations. Booker and Draymond may, like, have some conversations. Who knows? But. You know, anybody's gonna want to come to the Dubs. I'm just saying, even though we are in a rebuild season and we ain't in the bubble, people know what it is, and they're gonna want to come to the to the Dubs, anyways.
1: But resting, and and that's the thing, people. You know, he the Suns are all uptight and didn't like because it it starts with them. It's not like the NBA find them. I guarantee the yeah. Suns w- called the NBA front office and, and told them what Draymond said. But I'm gonna go back to to what you said. What he said was true. He is in a yeah. bad situation. Anybody mm-hmm. that trade TJ, TJ Warren for cash consideration, let you know, they don't know what the hell they're doing. Mm-hmm. So he, everything he step States is right. His, his, his best years, hopefully don't get wasted in that situation. You know what I mean? So again, the proof is in the pudding. He called it out. It is what it is. And, and, I didn't see nothing wrong with it. Of course, the NBA gonna do what they do. They find them, they find them that money. Let them find that money. It's entertainment, and it's true. Let's as as an NBA fan, I want to see Devin Booker somewhere else
2: in the Dubs uniform.
1: Not in the Dubs uniform. <laughs> I prefer, I, 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 there's 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 another uh uh uniform I prefer to see him in. You know what I mean? Well, Would that be you,
2: funny? I got some. I have a funny scenario. If Dre's in a trade involving him and Booker to get him over, I would just, I would, that would, it would kill me. I would die of laughter. That would be classic.
1: That would would be classic. It would be
2: classic. But no Draymond on the court. Drea, how do you feel about Draymond right now?
0: I don't know. This last season, or it's weird, the current season that we're in, but it feels like last season.
2: Yeah. His antics
0: yeah. his antics on the court and off the court were just too much for me. It's like he's a liability almost <laughs> for the dubs. And you know, now now he's good friends with Chuck. They were just having a good time together on TNT and Chuck rightfully calling him, I don't think I think he called him the king of triple was it triple singles but triple single. Very accurate what Chuck yeah. described. How Chuck described his his stats, and don't get me wrong, I'm a I'm a huge fan of Draymond. He brings a sense of energy that the Dubs that we absolutely need. Like we come onto to the court, like it's a totally different vibe and totally different pace when Draymond is is on the court. But how he performed this year, again, Clay was out, Steph was out, KD's gone, Iggy's in Miami, everybody gone, really, and we only have like our core three players left and rather than stepping up into that role and being that veteran player, like getting that younger cast involved, motivating them, coaching them, encouraging through him a tough season, he was nowhere to be found, really, except when he was crying about calls, acting up. So, I don't know. Again, I was a Draymond fan, but this last season has just put a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth, unfortunately.
2: I, I agree. I agree with his antics, and sometimes he's a little bit too much to handle. It's like, bro just take a deep breath and maybe don't yell in the ref's ear or just, just (laughs) calm down a little bit. But I will say, uh, and, and going back to what Cy was talking about, like him and Chuck being the same person, I'll, I'll take it a notch and say that he adds a lot more value on that, on that broadcast than Chuck does because he can actually break down film and how to break down the high screen and roll, um, utilizing Nurkage and how the Blazers, yesterday was a great example of seeing his IQ. And, Sai, you talked about this, and it might have just been conversation. I don't know if we were doing it on the show, but you kind of talked about what makes Dre who he is is his IQ and his ability to show in film. Like, this is how you break down this play. Instead of catching a high screen and roll at the three-point line, he's more effective catching it at the free throw line where he's closer to the basket, there's more spacing, and there's more for the Blazers to work with. That's who he is. But something else I want to say is uh, I was listening to our local radio station, 95.7 in the game. Um, Steve Kerr was on there, and he was talking about, you know, I didn't really talk to Steph too much, but I talked to Draymond, and we were just talking about how we really feel like we were missing out on this bubble. And I, that kind of hit me hard. I'm like, you know what, this is motivation. They're looking at it and they're, they're just, they're missing out. I think this is going to make Drain more hungry to come back next season.
1: And you know, that's funny because I was going to bring that up is as an NBA fan watching this bubble, right? You know who, what team probably would have been considered the favorite going into this bubble for me, just because of the situation, meaning, the season played, then stoppage, and then now we're starting, and then we have, what, a couple, of, a couple of preseason games in the restart and then eight games to finish out the regular season and then go into the playoffs? It would have been the Splash Brothers and Draymond Green and the Warriors. Man. This situation, this would have benefited – they would have benefited the most If if they did not – if the season didn't go how it it went, which last year with Clay going out for the year. But if it didn't and coming into it, this situation would have benefited them the most. And and going back to to Dre's IQ that I always speak of, the Warriors during the the draft process and working the guys out, do you know who's there with Bob Myers? Draymond Green. Draymond Green is there. During the combine, combine, looking at the players' private workouts about what players the Warriors should get. That's how he, that's how enriched he is in the aspect of basketball. The guy's IQ has been spoken about by LeBron, Popovich, mm-hmm. Steve Kerr. People who talk about IQ in basketball. Chris Paul, they all give it up to Draymond Green about him seeing things before it happens on the offensive side and defense side of the ball. That's what Draymond brings. So the the triple single that Chuck laughs at was was real funny. I like it. It's a classic one-line take, right? But if you get down to the nitty-gritty, he can do it all. Imagine that last year in that Portland series, right? To me, that was probably Steph's best best playoff series ever. But what gets – Left out is Draymond Green damn near averaged a triple double in each game. He mm. controlled the pace of the game, and that's what he does a lot of times. So for somebody who can't shoot, yeah. don't have the best, don't have the best dribbles, he can pass a little bit for him to control the pace of the game. That's LeBron and point guard type stuff. Yeah.
0: But what you're, you're saying—all of these stats and how good he is—and that I do, of course, I'm not arguing any of that. But where is that when Clay and Curry are not on the court with him, when he doesn't have KD, when he doesn't have Iggy, when you don't have a Livingston? Where does Draymond fit? And we saw that when he doesn't have that cast around him in that system, it doesn't work very well in his favor. He in this last season he went back to his rookie numbers, his his stats in terms of he's not hitting that. You know. 12, 11 points, 10 plus rebounds. He's going back to when he started in his first few years of his career.
1: So I say this, the last, that last five year run, right? Took a lot of games out of them, took energy out mm-hmm. of everybody. And honestly, I think as a team, they went into it and they held Draymond back a lot mm-hmm. this year, meaning they sat him out. This year was a wash with, with only when Clay went down last year, this season coming up was going to be a wash, meaning, Look look what happened the first what five games Steph is gone. So now yeah. they're already in they're already in another set. They're already in another mode which is okay, let's protect our assets. Draymond is one of the assets. So mm-hmm. why not dial it back? I guarantee they made him dial it back and they and they chose when he can play and in the other games that he did play he got kicked out because again look who he's playing with. You know what I mean? But in practice, I guarantee you, he brought a lot. If you ask that front office, I, I guarantee he was doing a lot of schooling in, in the practice. But when the season started and, 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 and the two-time MVP was already ruled out for, for what, till January? Then the second best player after that is gone for the whole year already? Why even jeopardize Green now? Say Green gets hurt. Now next year – he misses and you got the Splash brothers coming back. No, I think they did it right, which is dial him back a lot and make sure you save some, some tread on those tires. And then next year you do that final push. You do the final push that I think is going to happen, which is bring some pieces around them and go for the whole gusto. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. This is definitely true to who the, who the dubs are right now too. Because you you got Steve Kerr who comes from, from the school, Greg Popovich, of knowing when to rest players, and especially with the technology today and having the statistics on, you know, resting certain players and they're more dynamic when they're rested and blah, blah, blah. I mean, when he wants to play, he'll show up and play. Look what he did against Houston on Christmas. That was a prime example of when Dre wants it, he wants it. I mean, I'm, I'm not on board with the whole, you know what, let's just, let's chuck the season in and let's make sure you get your rest. I'm not a fan of it, but I understand it. I think he understands it, and I think he's been told by the front office because he's spending a lot of time with Bob Myers, and he's spending a lot of time with the trainers, and he understands it. You know, for the longevity of your career, um, yeah, you might want to go out and compete and maybe make it to the playoffs this year, but do you want to make another three or four runs at the title? And I think that's what's captivated him and got his attention, and I think that's where Dre's mindset is you know what, this year might suck a little bit and I might just sit out and, you know what, I'm not feeling it today. You know what, tech me, tech me again. I'm going to hit the showers. But I think when he's going to come back to this, he'll be ready. And something else I want to add about Dre is if you're looking at him to be your franchise player, to be a LeBron or to even be a Luca right now, you're barking up the wrong tree. He ain't got it. He ain't got the handles. He ain't got the athleticism. But he does have the IQ but he just doesn't have the physical attributes to go out there and do it. So that's why I'm going to say he is the ultimate cherry on top, the ultimate complimentary player. And if you, if you put him in the right system, that system's done. That's winning a championship. I'll throw a few examples out there right now. Maybe, maybe Portland as a good example, you put him in that Portland system. They thrive in a whole different way. I'd even put him in a Boston system. Um, any, any, any system where you've got shooters he knows how to space the floor and if he's got mm-hmm. high IQ players around him his IQ goes to another level but if you want him to be that superstar his IQ drops his motivation drops and his attitude heightens that's draymond
0: that's interesting that's interesting that you made that that comparison in terms of when he's in what type that's, of system what happens to like his his energy or kind of his mentality
2: but that's draymond so about Draymond Green, he plays for the Dub. What are they going to do next season? There's a lot There's a lot on the table here. So what could be their plan? They had a top draft pick coming up. They got a trade exception for Miggy, but they can also add players to the veterans minimum. What should their plan be to solidify this team to be another co- title contender next season? Dre, I'm going to kick this one off to you.
0: So I'm going to get us started with, I would love to see a Bay Area native from San Jose in that Dubs Golden State jersey. So I'm gonna say if we can make the trade for Aaron Gordon, we need to make that happen. He is a big body in the post for us. We need some somebody in that position for us. He has the athleticism. He can also shoot the ball. He has that power. He plays that defense. So I feel like that would be like a perfect addition to what the Dubs need in their system. And I'm not saying who to trade them for or who we should trade him for. But Andrew Wiggins, hopefully he has the opportunity to show what he can do uh, in a full season with the Dubs. But I would like to see Aaron Gordon.
2: Cy, what do you think the Dubs should do? Well, it depends on what,
1: how they want to tackle it. Meaning yeah, you have two ways. If you want to go for the gusto and make a run at it, Mm-hmm. then you do a couple of packages and you bring in some some you bring in another superstar to help now if you're going to use the draft pick then you have to pick somebody that eventually will be here with one of the draft with one of the splash brothers cuz eventually this draft pick will come in and be the new foundation after the after the the, the warriors run so who's gonna fit well with the Splash Brothers, not Draymond, because Draymond I see in a few years, I don't think is gonna be here. Mm-hmm. So if you wanna if you wanna make a run at the title next year, then you package up the deal, you package up this draft pick this year, and maybe Wiggins, or if you could just package up the the, the, the pick and keep Wiggins and then bring somebody else in, you're better suited. I like Gordon. The only thing that the only thing that I'm gonna say is now if you bring them in and now you got two people who can't shoot. So spacing the floor, now you got Mm -hmm. Draymond that they're going to leave open. And then now you got Aaron Gordon that they're going to leave open. So on the half court set, I don't like, but if we're running up and down and going small ball, I like the, I like the fit. I like the fit a lot, but me, I'm I'm more like Bradley Beal. You get him, you get him. For the draft pick, you give up the draft pick and try to bring Bradley Beal on with the Splash Brothers and and um, Green, and you get to keep Wiggins, now you now you were talking. Okay.
2: That's that's intriguing to me. Um, and Bradley Beal is somebody I kind of semi-thought about before, but just you bringing him up kind of lit another fire into me. I like that a lot. But, Cy, I got to ask you, so you bring Bradley Beal in, and let's say let's say it's an easy trade, right? We get a we get a draft pick out there and bye-bye Eric Pasco. Who's coming off the bench with Bradley Beale over here?
1: Who's seeing that's the thing though? Is how do you want to attack it? Because necess- the Warriors are smart enough to know we can hit you hard with the starting lineup, or we could do what I can see them doing is getting Bradley bill to come off the bench.
2: Okay. Interesting.
1: You see what I'm saying? You get him to come off the bench with a second, with the second unit so he can get his shots. Now on the second unit, you can go Bradley, you can go bill and clay. Yeah. You open up the second quarter, you open up the, the, the first four minutes of the second quarter with them. Then you, then you can throw in, you know, the cook, you bring the cook in in that second second quarter push towards the end it's different ways of mixing it up yeah. i like i like bill because now it gives you another better than average defender he's not locked down no. but he play he, his effort is there see that's the thing with this you you need pieces that's going to help you on both ends and he's a and he doesn't need the ball that's the thing i like about him You don't – he doesn't need to be – he doesn't need the ball. He never had the ball in Washington only when John Wall's on the bench or Mm -hmm. in foul trouble or he's hurt. So he played with a ball dominance player before. So he knows how to move around the screen. Like, this offense would fit him – is suited for his style.
2: I hear you, man. And actually, he would fit well in a Steve Kerr system. And he's a smart player. I'm just kind of – this kind of blows my mind a little bit here now. I'm just thinking of the small ball lineup with Steph and Beal in the backcourt. Clay could step up and play three, and then you got Wiggins as a, as a small four, and then Dre running in at five. This could be a deadly lineup. Like, that could be – just for like 10 to 12 minutes throughout a game, that could put you in a plus 20 right there. It's just kind of crazy to think about. I, that That would be something I would love to see him pull off. But let's see. I mean, that's what the off is all about, and hopefully, that's going to have some headlines coming up. Drea, do you have anything to add on the Dubs? What do you want out of them?
0: I feel like I would like to see some new energy as well. Too, I know we talked a little bit about maybe Lamelo Ball Ooh. coming into San Francisco yeah. to shake it up a little bit to learn some mm. stuff from the Splash Brothers. I feel that this would be a good fit for him to really develop him as an NBA talent to play around those players like Steph and, and Clay. Only as long as he can keep Pops off of the sidelines for a bit. So <laughs> I feel like LaMelo could be an interesting pick to just bring some new energy to the Dubs. I like
2: that. I like his size. I like I like what he brings offensively for the most part, and he shows that he's got the defensive athleticism. But just make sure you're getting that advice from Lonzo and not Big yeah. Ball.
1: <laughs> His his skill set is, is is exactly what would thrive in in a in a curse system, because he does it all. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I know he gets a bad rap because of his dad, but if you really talk about basketball, there's a reason why he's a he's considered a top four, you know, pick in the mock draft. You know what I mean? Basketball wise, he's it's a great fit for what the Warriors like to do. Six exactly. nine handle the rock. You know what I mean? Six nine handle the rock. He's really a a point forward. He can shoot. He can pass, plays defense, rebound. Like that would be nice. That would be a solid pick. But again, would that pick put you over the top next
2: year? You know what? It it may or may not, but it's definitely a hot topic and it's something that would keep these future minds like just rolling, like with hope. But at the same time, it kind of adds a little bit of flair for next season. And, I mean, it might add some seats onto the, you know, into the stands if they have it open, but I like it. Um,
0: One thing I do want to throw in there as I'm I'm looking up who could be potentially available, Jay Crowder. That could be an interesting plug. I mean, it gives you that grit, that that dog, that side you always be talking about. Mm -hmm. You will get that dog with Jay Crowder. And to have that balance of Dre and Crowder, I feel like that could be an interesting play. As
2: well. I like that. I like Jay Crowder a lot too. You know, we did talk a lot about the NBA, but I definitely want to talk a little bit about the NFL. Um, there's a lot going on. Um, just watching a little bit on the, on the Niners press conference, and these guys just seemed really, really hopped up on the fact that, you know, we lost that Super Bowl and we know it's hard to get back. Listening to the comments from Molstered and just going back to that one clip of my boy Kittle of just speaking a speech of vengeance, how he wants to get back here. And George Kittle is my guy. Um and and Cy I got a nice little stat here. He's got Michael Thomas edged out by like 15 yards of yak, which means he's hard to get down once he gets the ball. Um he does so much on the on the field for the Niners. And I think he's primed to have a big season. And he's going to be a big part of what the Niners are going to do next season. Um, I, let's chop it up. What do you, what y'all got about football? Sai.
1: Well, I say this. I don't got nothing against Kittle at all. He's a baller. He handles his business. He does everything well. The two years two years worth of uh, work is is it is it enough for me? No, not really. Yeah, that, you know what I mean. It, it, he did it two years. Two years is not is not is not uh, enough in my book. Is he one of the best tight ends in the game? Yes, that's obvious. But I just go back to. You guys are winning, without no no production from him, by him just blocking. Is that right or wrong?
2: Yes and no. I mean. I think the production on the blocking end and everything he does with the football, not in his hands, contributes big to the running game, sometimes playing decoy. Um, But just overall, like having him out there makes a difference. I think doing things like getting him, uh, getting the ball in the backfield, whether it's, you know, um, going for an end around, but just the sheer blocking and his tenacity and just like the dog in him. Right. Um, I, I just honestly, I just wanted to get a little bit more into his contract situation too. And that just seems like a tough thing. I'm not a numbers guy, but he's asking for a lot of money and it looks like they're off. I do want to throw this one interesting nugget. So they just signed Jordan Reed, who Kyle Shanahan's really familiar with, with his days in Washington. Um, but with that, I mean, Jordan Reed was one of the top tight ends at one point. Do you pay Kittle the 15 million at one point? At what point do you say, you know what, we're not gonna pay you the fifteen million? Here's your eleven or twelve, or we have to trade you. it's a crazy thing to say, but like as a as somebody who probably works, you know, with John Lynch right now, you have to have that in the back of your mind. I, I just thought it was intriguing. I just I wanted to share my thoughts. I I think it could be looming if they can't get this deal done, because eventually, you know, side just gets sour, but I that's tough, man. What do you do in that situation?
1: it it is because he wants his value and and I I always side with the player on that man he he knows his worth you know what I mean especially what especially what he did Look, you know what I mean his back to back seasons i mean he and again he does it all for you guys and 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 that's the tough part of this is do you pay him a lot of money is he going to be the highest paid tied in but you guys win when he's blocking like I see your point. Do you see? Do you see? You do, you see do you see what you see? What I did there? Like that's my. That's the thing. He's gonna be the highest paid tight end. Yeah. When you guys, your system says we run first. Am I right or wrong?
2: It's a run first. I I hear you on that, but he does so much to influence that run. I'm not. I, he, I'm not. I'm not saying yeah. he doesn't. I'm just. I, yeah. I'm just asking
1: a question. It's a run first system. Do you pay the guy upwards to eighteen million, nineteen million that's been that's that's been reported a year in a run first system? That's all I'm that's all I'm saying.
2: I don't. Not not that high. I can't go as high. The highest I'd probably go is eleven or twelve because then you start you start messing with the salary cap and you start taking away from so many other positions. I see what you did. I I still back him as the best tight end in the the NFL, but I can't go that high. And just for, just because it doesn't make sense for one, and you just don't do that, and handicaps the rest of your team. So
1: it, it it doesn't be, and then you guys have Bosa coming up in a few years. So yeah. just to put, just the, the position that you got, you guys are in, it's it's a tough call. Now again, I know what he can do with the ball in his hands. We all know what he yeah. can do. You know, he is up there as the best tight end in the game. But I always will go back to when you guys needed him the most. In the Super Bowl, on that drive, where was he lined up? Right next to the quarterback,
2: blocking. I'm blaming that on Shanahan. And I know we got, you know what, we got to have another George Kittle day because um, we got to move on to the next topic. And I, although we would love to get more into this, I, sigh, we could, we could definitely dive into this a little bit more. Um, I hear and, you on And that. look,
1: I, I'm not a Kittle hater. I'm yeah. not. I just state, I, I just state, I, I state facts. That's all I do. You know what I mean? It's that's not a knock do. on, it, it, and that's all we do. It's not a knock on what, on what he can't do or what he can do. It's just obvious in the system that he's in. I'm saying I'm always pro player. You pay the yeah. guy what he's worth. But in this
2: situation, what he's asking for. It's too much. I'm, I'm on agreement with you that he, it's too much. I would pay both of the money first, so I'm on agreement with you that. I still think he's the best tight end in the league. But we got this little thing called the spotlight and Drea, we have not heard from you from a little bit. So I am gonna give you the spotlight first, ladies first in the spotlight.
0: Thank you. I understand too because I know that it's tough for me to follow either Bay Area team right now. So I will just say that. But I still want to talk football. So my two minutes spotlight. We're gonna talk about Cam Newton. Hello, Cam, hello Newton. Who just had his first presser as a New England as a New England Patriot this week. And I will say this: I never thought I would be a Patriots fan. They represent they're a team that represents everything I don't believe in, both politically and culturally, but that's a whole nother conversation we're not gonna get into. So now we have a cam who will be in full go mode. And we, the football fans at large, we deserve to see this. Now, if the NFL season resumes, that's a whole nother conversation I will say this it will be interesting to see how Cam fits into the New England system in the presser he shared how Edelman talked about the playbook being like calculus and I will say this would we expect anything less from Belichick (laughs) Um, but I am ready to see Cam come back and put the slander to rest Uh, the disrespect of Cam has been coming at too many angles the fact that he has to even compete with Jarrett Stidham and Brian Hoyer for the starting position. I mean, that's a no-brainer. Cam should be the starter all day. And based on sheer numbers and facts, again, NFL MVP, Cam was the Offensive Player of the Year, and he had the most rushing touchdowns by a quarterback. And lastly, he had the most Player of the Week awards in a single season. And who did he tie that record with? Tom Brady. And off of these numbers, there's no way that he should not have signed with the team sooner. And the contract with the Patriots – just off the numbers for someone with that, with those accolades that, that I just mentioned, the fact that it took them that long to get signed, that's disrespectful. And someone that has nine years in the NFL, almost a decade, only got a base salary of one, $1.05 million, and he's only guaranteed half of that. He's not even guaranteed that full million. And someone who has made more than $100 million during his almost 10-year career, that's disrespectful. So, but what I can say is that I appreciate the focus and optimism that Cam has, that he's bringing to this new position, this new circumstance that he finds himself in. So, if anything, I'm a fan of him just so he can prove the haters wrong. I'm also a fan of the hats and fashion. So, we want more Cam energy all day. Drop the mic. I'm done.
2: I like it. Cy, what you got for a spotlight?
1: And I'm going to stick with the football spotlight. So, what I got is. We're going to be talking about Laney College right here in Oakland, you guys. Right here, Laney Eagles. They are on this season's Last Chance you on Netflix. Yeah. And, you know, they usually follow a community college, usually in the Midwest. And just the trials and tribulations of struggles of the players, school-wise, you know, being outside of their element. So this is the first time that they decided to do it in a uh metropolitan city and it's right here in Oakland. And I just wanted to touch on the show is a good show. I've always been watching it and I like that they decided to come to the Bay especially now that I now that it's came out to say that this is their last year of doing this series. So this is the last last chance you Football. So starting next year, they will be doing basketball. Last chance, you on Netflix. But just diving into giving the Bay Area a little light, giving uh, Laney a little light, and the players and and what they go through. And when I was reading about this, it just shows that Oakland being the nation's highest gentrification area, and what the players have to go through on the other seasons. You got to remember, they give out scholarships in other states, and they have yeah. dorm rooms. They have dorm rooms, and they share space together. See, in California, we we don't give out scholarships to JC players. They don't have dorm access. So they live where they live, some in the car, some on people's couch. And that's one thing that the directors were talking about, how, how this year it was different, because they're not in one area. There is no dorm. You got one guy traveling from Stockton. You got one guy traveling an hour away. And just being in the Bay Area and showing the struggles of living in a high rent area, The the it is diverse, but it ain't. We live it. So that's the thing. When people hear the Bay Area, everybody goes straight to diversity and melting pot. But it's not. If you really peel the onion back, it's not. It, it We struggle with race issues all the time out here. And mixing football, last chance, these kids trying to go at it one more time of getting a scholarship to a D1 program is what this show is about. And I'm glad that the last season of this series before it becomes to basketball, it's here, right here at Laney College. It's getting light, putting a spotlight for the kids out there all over the Bay Area that decided to go there. And it's just a, it's, it's a good story. And I'm glad that again, Oakland and the Bay Area is part of it.
2: I like that. You know, and that's one that I've heard so many, so many great reviews about. I definitely got to get on there and I haven't had a chance to watch all of the last chance used but I had at least 10 to 15 people tell me about that and I definitely got to get into that. Um, I've got a short little spotlight and I think just watching everything that we've had come back so far in terms of basketball, I thought that was a great example of a bubble. And I just, I caution the NFL because they're coming up third in this and seeing what, seeing what major league baseball is doing technically ain't working and it's going to end at some point. And I just don't see them going on further. Like, they're getting so many positive tests. So I caution the NFL to at least at least do what you can to research into making sure that you're going to be able to have this happen and work by securing yourself backup situations, making sure you can even test having a bubble instead of rushing everybody in. Because at the end of the day, I know it's a money play, and I know these owners are in there for the money. But take this as a caution to see what Major League Baseball is doing, but also learn from the example of the NBA. Maybe do a different version of that, but don't just stand pat. Um, I mean, I've grown up a lot. I had my uncle tell me, you know, if you're just standing pat and you're staying where you are, just waiting for things to happen, thinking the same thing's going to happen in 2021 because you had a great – or actually that's a bad example because 2020 is a bad year – If you thought you were going to have a good 2019 because you had a good 2018 by doing the same, you ain't getting better. So look around at your surroundings and just do better. And I hope for that because there are a lot of players out there that want that platform, and hopefully they can use that platform to instill change and continue with positivity and instilling that change moving forward. So get this right, NFL. That's all I'm saying. Thank y'all again. This was, a, this was a great conversation again. And again, we are the Fact Center. And we are the Dream Team Podcast Network. And the dream doesn't happen with the fulfillment of the team. And, you know, between the three of us, I can say for myself that I enjoy the company every week of being able to just chop up sports, but even pregame, just chopping it up in general. And I appreciate both of you.
0: We appreciate you, Tony.
2: Yes. Yeah. You yes, we do.
1: <laughs> and to the people out there, you know, keep listening, do what you do. Blessings, well wishes. If you're not first, you're last. The great Ricky Bobby said that.
2: <laughs> yeah. 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 Woo! Ricky All Bobby. Right, y'all. <laughs> See y'all later. Bye. Mm. Hey. Yeah.